Welcome to Storytelling with Seth, a place where I honestly and as authentically as possible attempt to share with you stories I discover. Some of them are in the news, some of them are a bit of word of mouth or something whispered in the ear, and others are those rare opportunities where I get the chance to sit down with someone and talk to them about their story and in turn share it with you. I really hope you enjoy every story here on Storytelling with Seth, but there's really only one way I can know, and that's if you let me know. If you're using the Anchor platform to listen to this, you can go ahead and leave me a voice message, and I'd be happy to share it on this podcast. However, you can also reach out to me through email at sethsingleton at gmail.com, as well as on various social media platforms like Instagram, where I'm Seth the Writer, Twitter, where I'm at one more singleton, or on Facebook, Seth Singleton Storyteller. Please feel free to reach out on the platform you feel the most comfortable with so that I can hear what you like, what you don't like, and more importantly, so that together we can share our stories with each other. And now that I've given you an idea of what this is and what to expect, the only thing now, or the only thing left to do now, is to tell a story. Let's get started, shall we? The following is a series of posts on June 16th, reflecting on a full day of World Cup action on a Saturday that featured four games beginning at 3 a.m. Pacific with the final game at 11 a.m. Pacific. There is no sense, rhyme, or reason to the order, although there is an attempt to begin with a sense of rhyme and reason. But gradually, as the hours and games and minutes progress, time becomes elusive. Games, memories, and moments become a blur that are blended with coffee and breaks and breakfast. But this is an honest reflection on a great day for any soccer fan, former player, and really for anyone who loves the value of great competition. You can hear in the background the sound of the announcers, the cheers, and even the light scream of the Vuvuzelas. It's the World Cup 2018 from Russia with Love. I'm not really sure that there's a reasonable explanation for what I'm doing. But what I can say is that it's 4.06. France and Australia are at a 0-0 tie. It's 51 minutes into the game. And no one else is up with me. It's a World Cup morning, Saturday. This would be uh, June 16th. And aside from a pair of sleeping dogs in their crates, I'm just trying not to wake anybody else up. There's like three more games today. And I'll get to watch them with my wife and maybe other people. But right now, 
here in the cold of the morning, here in the dark, the game on in the background, there's a serenity that can only be shared by those having the same experience. If you're one of those, send me a message. I would love to compare notes and maybe even do a podcast while we both watch one of the games together. For now, a whole minute has passed and there's a lot of soccer I gotta get back to watching. And the air is cool and fresh with a light breeze. As I step outside to, well, I guess speak with a little more freedom. (laughs) Once I started getting a little louder while watching the game, I could sense the stirring of the dogs in the crates, which told me eventually there would be whining and maybe even some soft yipping because I was awake and they were not out and I was getting loud enough for them to realize that Well, they wanted to be with me, what the fun is. In order to avoid that, I decided to move outside to finish recording. And to talk about the excitement. France taking that gorgeous 1-0 lead. Australia evening up. And then right near the end, France, boy, making two great substitutions. And then a through ball that just seemed to slip through the middle, right around the 18 box. And a a light, soft touch from the right foot, and the ball just floats, hits the bar, and drops past. I also thought it was interesting because in the game analysis, after the final time whistle was blown, the... Moderator, I guess, of the uh, former players and experts panel mentioned that it was a game of luck, to which Alexi Lawless quickly jumped in and said, no, this was a modern game, because in all of the goals, goal line technology was required. And while it was a forceful statement, I felt that he nailed something that was uh, crucial to the outcome of the game which was the fact that at least one goal could only be determined following the goal line technology and that another goal was decided after the referee did a video review and saw that a foul had occurred inside the penalty box resulting in a penalty kick. Quite a bit of excitement and quite a bit of intrigue at 4 30 in the morning when it occurred and around 5 o'clock when it was being discussed by the panel. Maybe I didn't have to come outside because I was going to get loud. Maybe I just wanted to come outside because before the sun rises and with a little bit of gray overcast, all of the lights that are on create a soft glow and my little pit bull Fiji seems to enhance the sense of 
magic, mystery, and I guess a dreamlike quality. Fiji and I are on the second half of our walk and probably just a few minutes away from home. The wind's picking up a little bit, which made me think of the anticipation of the next game. Argentina. Messi. A lot of thrill, a lot of excitement. A lot of expectation, especially after yesterday when Ronaldo put together quite a beautiful hat trick. Um, not much more you can really say to that except it was an awesome performance. Spain did what they do so well, applying pressure, great passing, keeping the ball in their opponent's third of the field and maintaining the possession game. But every time there was an opportunity for him to step up and make the difference, there was Ronaldo making the key play, whether it was the first penalty kick or the final shot to secure a win. So now that we've got Messi, a proven champion who has, like many champions, only... One left that's been eluding him, and that's a World Cup trophy. Today we'll see him embark on a, a quest to make that a reality. And we'll get a chance to ask the questions, is what we're seeing from him and Argentina going to be enough to make that reality possible at the end of the tournament? We're about to get to the apartment. Time to go inside. Back outside again. I've dropped off my pit bull Fiji. I now have my French bulldog Bruno. And we are walking up the hill. Which is why I might sound like I'm breathing a little more than I was just a few minutes ago. But after we were talking about Messi in Argentina, the question is who then would be standing in their way? Who is the first test? for Argentina and Lionel Messi in this World Cup. And it's interesting because it has to do with a team from Iceland. Now, I can't think of a signature player from Iceland at this moment who stands out for me. And that's no fault of the stars on the Iceland team. I believe what's important is the fact that what has gained Iceland notoriety is its team and not its stars. See, Iceland has a practice that's grown from tradition into myth. And it's a little something they like to call the Iceland clap. 
and it involves players going to a corner post on the field where all the fans have assembled in the stadium. And it's a slow clap, arms overhead, hands smacking together, and it builds with momentum into a crescendo. And there's a solemn, I don't know, energy, spirit, feeling that comes from the players and the fans when they do this. And the way it's affected both the fans and the team is, well, as I said, becoming mythical. I mean, at some point, no one's going to care who started it. And it's just going to revert to the idea that at some point, Odin gifted Thor to go down, deliver the clap, and now it's something Iceland has always done and always will do. I'm pretty sure all of that was apocrypha, and I have no doubt that it's a little childish and immature. But it speaks to the idea that there's a fun and exuberance that comes from the way that Iceland prepares, plays, and engages its fans that, well, it eliminates all of the deductive reasoning and the logic, rationale, and statistics that come into assessing how well a team's going to do. Because with Iceland, they brought in an X factor, a variable that can't be quantified. And at any given moment, they could make the difference. In fact, today, they could upset all the expectations and anticipation by stopping Messi from getting that first win that would start his World Cup and Argentina's with a great first set of points. Will they do it? According to my watch, there's 16 minutes till game time. We're going to find out one way or the other. Can't wait to talk with you afterwards and talk about what happened. Thirty-one minutes into the Croatia-Nigeria game, and this Saturday of World Cup action just feels like a hazy daze. The excitement of the France-Australia 2-1 victory was followed by the confusion and the misfortune that not only met Argentina, but led to success for Iceland, who were extremely impressive, uh, capitalizing on their opportunities to score an equalizer, and then fighting as a team to keep Argentina from adding another goal. And yet, in the end, it didn't actually come down to anything that Iceland was really doing when there was a deciding moment for Messi to capitalize with a penalty kick. 
And look at that. Croatia scores 33 minutes into the first half, taking a 1-0 lead over Nigeria. Hmm. Well, it's nice to see that occurring. Uh, there was a, a challenge, as I said, for Argentina and Messi. And it seemed to be something that carried into the Peru and Denmark game, where Cueva, who was a standout for Peru and has been, was unable to convert a penalty kick opportunity. And this proved to be uh, an issue when Denmark took a 1-0 lead and held that till the end of the game. In both situations, you had star players who are known for their ability to make a penalty kick, almost a guaranteed goal. And yet in both cases, whether it was Cueva or Messi, it was actually the goaltender who played just as much as a role as either of the strikers did when they attempted their kicks. Because it was the keeper who was able to make the difference and be a deciding factor and now as I move into the remaining minutes of the first half of the Croatia-Nigeria game there's already a slew of anticipation building for tomorrow we've got Mexico and Germany and a whole slew of scheduled games that well are going to be as, if not more exciting than what I've been able to enjoy today. I can only imagine what your first full day of World Cup action has been like, and I'd love to hear about it if you can leave me a comment, leave me a message, or let me know that you'd love to have a conversation about it, because that's something I would really enjoy experiencing with you. pretty funny to hear the goal happen in the background while I was trying to record a catch-up message about Saturday, June 16th, a full day of four games in World Cup action. And right in the middle of that, there was the announcement that Croatia scored a goal. Great opportunity with Modric taking the corner kick. And when he sets up, it's as unassuming as any other set play, which means it's just as dangerous with all the possibility. And it's a great cross with a diving header and the deflection off of that uh, goalpost right inside, leaving the goaltender just stunned. I mean, poor keeper had no choice. He made the right move, but on a ricochet, what else can you do? And that could potentially sum up a lot of what these games today represented for the teams. Numerous opportunities, and yet the things that made the difference between the goal scoring or not were something that the players really didn't have much of an impact on once it occurred. And even as they show the replay, you can see the diving header deflect off of <clears throat> not only what appears to be a Croatian player, but is actually 
the bottom of the foot of one of Nigeria's defenders. And as it spins, the motion made it look like it had deflected off of the head of the diving player and then off the goalpost. But when they slow it down, the final deflection is in own goal and something that no keeper could predict. If there's one thing I'm looking forward to being a continuing theme, both into tomorrow and through the rest of the World Cup games, it's that sense of unpredictability, that possibility of anything happening and that therefore anything will happen. I'm sure it's something that's said often, but it's also something that I think bears just as much value in repeating. This is probably the hardest part of any competition. Watching a team continue to fight even though the odds continue to stack against them. Croatia has now seized a 2-0 lead over Nigeria. A penalty kick, uh, adding that extra cushion that two goals can provide. And with only six minutes remaining in regulation time and an indeterminate but most likely minor amount of stoppage time added on, the odds of Nigeria collecting a draw, let alone a win, grow rarer with every passing moment. And yet you can see on a young team the desire in those who are struggling and at times losing the struggle. A desire to continue fighting, a desire to continue working, a desire to continue to show that their part in the World Cup isn't a fluke and that this is not a cursory game or a complimentary game or even a filler game that despite what the result might show that if they keep fighting now they're going to remember that they need to keep fighting in their next contest which will only be a few days away and which will still have a lingering memory of the difficulties in today's loss. Even now, 60 minutes into Croatia's 1-0 lead over Nigeria, 30 minutes remaining until this final game of the day is done, and I'm already making plans for tomorrow. 2 o'clock... Pacific time, of course. Costa Rica versus Serbia. Followed by Germany and Mexico, which just sounds exciting. I mean, just the idea of two colossal teams like that. Followed by yet another stunning matchup, Brazil and Switzerland. I'm hoping that maybe I'll get a chance to chat with you Or maybe hear a message between now and when I drag myself out of bed tomorrow at 2. But if I don't, check back here for another recap of a great day full of World Cup soccer. Of course, there's only three games tomorrow. So we'll have to figure out how to fill that time that we used to cover for today. Maybe you've got an idea. Or maybe I'll come up with one of my own. You've been listening to Storytelling with Seth. 
like to thank you for taking the time to listen to each of these episodes and invite you any chance you have to leave a comment leave a message you can tell me i'm doing great or give me a suggestion so i can know how to do things a little bit better or think about things in a different way i just might not have considered you can always find me on social media set the writer on instagram and Seth Singleton Storyteller from my website or on Facebook. You can always just shoot me an email at sethsingleton at gmail.com. And if you didn't get any of that, just go to my bio on Anchor or any of the platforms you're using to listen to, and I'll make sure there's a way for you to reach me, just like I enjoy reaching you with each one of these casts. Enjoy the rest of your World Cup Saturday, and I hope to hear and speak with you tomorrow on Sunday. Thank you again for listening to Storytelling with Seth. Whether you're listening on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, iOS, Google Play, or one of the many other platforms available, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you're one of those generous supporters. Thank you. If you didn't know, you can support my podcast while you're listening to this recording. Feel free to take a look for the link that says to support me. It should be a really simple little button. And if you're having any trouble, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And I'll make sure that I'll do my best to help. But you're listening. Your continued support is what makes these podcasts possible, and I couldn't do it without you. So, thank you again, not only for listening, but for your generous support, and for all the different platforms that you listen to Storytelling with Seth. I look forward to sharing my next story with you soon.